Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. Chapman started last week, and Chapman, you did a great job starting off on a, a series that we are going to continue in. You don't have to hear every week. Every week will stand alone, but if you want to, I'm telling you, you'll make a difference in your life, and you can find all of that online. Uh, every one of our sermons are on podcasts. They're also on YouTube, so Jill does a great job of putting all that up. We, we, we started last week with a series, Wonderful Life, and you, you know, you either have it or you don't. I mean, really, kind of, I think a lot of times in the life of God's people, they think, well, this was a wonderful day, but man, tomorrow I'm dreading. Or, 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 or you think, okay, I've got a wonderful life until a situation happens, and you're like, well, maybe it's not as wonderful a life as I thought it was. I thought I was in a great marriage, and then just two sentences can mess my whole day up. I mean, so I, I think everybody gets that, especially if you're married. Um, but really what he started last week was the start of a series based on what we're talking about this year at Christian Ministries Church. Yeah. It's the Zoe life. Yeah. And that means the God kind of life that he has for each of us. <clears throat> I, I was preparing this message and the more that I sat at my computer and just typed what God was kind of downloading in me, the more I sit there and just said, I just want to talk tonight. I just want to kind of visit about some things that God downloaded into me. And, and, and I don't know that there's only two different wonderful life people, but that's kind of these two that I want to talk about this evening. The first wonderful life person is a person who only shows or they kind of make believe that their life is wonderful. They're what I call the Sports Center highlight reel. If you remember anything about Sports Center, if you've ever have watched, they always give the best plays of the week, and that's some people's Facebook page or social media. It's only everything that's wonderful. And and here's what I want you to hear. Don't hear that. Don't go home and say, "Well, that's me." So wait till he sees what I'm getting ready to post. No, no, no. That's not what. I, what I'm saying is, we have a wonderful life. And, and, but if all of us were honest, I, I think a lot of times not everybody knows that it's not all wonderful. And so I, I want, I just want to pray that this series will get people past not just showing their highlight reel, but believing that that's all they have. Yeah. See, I, I'm not about what you tell everybody else. I'm, a, I'm about what you're telling yourself. All I have is a highlight reel, and that's what you try to keep pondering. That's what you keep thinking about, but you keep trying to get everybody to think your life is wonderful, and really, it's miserable. And so the opposite of a wonderful life is a miserable life, and I I just don't want God's people living both. They think it's good here, and then the next thing you know, it's just miserable. Our prayer is that by the end of what we're talking about in this series, it will affect your life to the point where you see your life as wonderful all the time. 
Now, let me explain this. See, a wonderful life comes from a continuing relationship with Jesus, responding to him, doing it his way, and that, that's what produces a wonderful life. Tonight, I want to encourage you, circumstances that we all have in our life are consistent. Now, I know that the enemy wants you to think that you're the only one that has to deal with what you deal with. I, I mean, I, I know that that's the way he works and that, that everybody else must just have this beautiful, wonderful life and that's for somebody else, but it's not for me. Well, I'm glad you're here because it is for you. It is for you. And, and the thing is, circumstances being consistent, all of us have them, but most of the time we think our circumstances nobody else could relate to. Nobody has a clue what I have to deal with. Or our circumstances are such that we don't want anybody to know where they send us. See, circumstances send you places. And, and you're all of a sudden like, I, I didn't mean to go here. And, and, and what I want you to know is everyone has them and the point that I'm trying to make tonight is we've got to get to a place where circumstances don't send us to a disgruntled, frustrated, miserable life. I'm just, I want to punch the enemy right in the face and tell him, listen, you can't keep sending God's people to this miserable life. I, I, we counsel misery on a weekly basis. It's like their whole life's falling apart. What happened? Circumstances, you just don't understand, Pastor. You just don't understand what I've had to go through. I'm just telling you, everybody has to go through things. And I really, really want, want you to think about this. I, I, I was just sitting there, and how could I explain this? Because I've got it in my head, and you're not nodding enough for me to believe that you get it. I don't know if you've ever been sitting at a table with children and they spill milk. That's not as big a deal depending on what all it gets on. The more stuff it gets on, the more miserable everything becomes. Here's what I can tell you. Some people, when spilled milk happens, it sends them to a place of darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, you might be sitting there and going, oh, that's me. Okay, don't tell anybody. Remember the highlight reels, all we want to see. But you can hear what I'm saying because everybody has dealt with spilled milk. Now, now here's what I can also say. You have to get this. I don't care how much it doesn't get on or whatever. Spilled milk never sends you to a wonderful life. That was like, I was sitting there and I was going, wow. And nobody here just went, wow. <laughs> so maybe this is just in my head, but I'm going to talk just a little more about it. Circumstances that you weren't planning on that you're not happy about, it's not what I meant to have. And all of a sudden, it sends you to a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, well, it's not doing that. Well, it never sends you to a wonderful life. Never, thank you, (laughs) never ever has spilled milk sent anyone to a wonderful life. 
It just doesn't do it. Well, maybe it does the dog. Who said, yeah, that's good, yeah. But we're not talking about dogs right now. We're talking about people. I, I really want you to get this. Situations in life should not be the determining factor of whether your life is miserable or it's wonderful. And so when I started thinking more about that, I thought everybody here has had something that happened today that could have sent you to miserable. And more than likely, whatever it was that would have sent you to miserable would never send anyone to wonderful. So why are we expecting circumstances to get us to wonderful? Good or bad. And people get so frustrated in life because they're expecting situations, places, circumstances, people to send them someplace that the only way you can get to a wonderful life is through faith in Jesus. It's only faith that gets you there. We just spent a whole year talking about faith. And if you can't have faith in Jesus to get you to the wonderful life, know this, circumstances never will. Well, I just can't wait. I just can't wait for this vacation. I just See, we're looking for things that aren't going to get us where we want to go. Now, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I love what Jesus says here. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now, I want to I, I just stop right there for a second. You have to know what happened right before the Scripture. He, he walks in the synagogue, and they hand him Isaiah's scroll right before this. And they say, hey, Jesus, here you go. And he, he thumbs through it and looks through it, and he says, Here's what I want you to know. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Jesus tells all of them that. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and the blind will see. And that oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's why I'm here. Know this. All of those things get you out of miserable. All of the things that he just proclaimed there get you out of miserable. And the only way all of those things happen is through, he said, me. That's it. It's just through Jesus. He rolled up the scroll. He handed it back to him. And he looked at all of them. And he said, right now, it's been fulfilled in me. Now, that was a big statement because they knew all about Isaiah. But they didn't understand what he was. Come, you, we all are saved. We know Jesus. Why do we forget him and go to miserable? Because he's the only way to make life not miserable anymore. He's the only way for it to be wonderful. He's the only way. Not your next vacation. Not whatever mood your spouse comes home in. And for sure not the spilled milk on the table. See, whatever the circumstances, we've got to get to a place, well, if everything would just go okay today, I could get to the wonderful life. Yeah, that, it, it'll never happen. It'll never happen for you that way. Everything that has needed to be fulfilled for you to have the wonderful life has already taken place. And that's through Jesus. John 14, 12. Because you may be sitting there going, well, that's Jesus, not me. Jesus said in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name, and I'll do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything, 
and I will do it. Jesus made a wonderful life available to us. I I just pray that this first point that I'm really trying to get across, and it's not a three or four point sermon, it's just things I wanted to talk about, is we've got to quit looking at circumstances. We've got to see that Jesus is who produces a wonderful life. Boy, my kids, you just don't know what I've dealt with with my kids. I've seen your kids. I have an idea of what you have to deal with. I'm just saying, your kids are never going to send you to a wonderful life. Just know that. But don't let them send you to a miserable one. You can just use any circumstance. You can place it right there. Every one of us has been in a room where one person is talking about how beautiful it is outside. And I, I mean, in a matter of seconds, yeah, but it's sure cold for this time of year. You just start, in any circumstance, you just start being positive. And, and if there's anybody at all in a group around, you see how quickly that positive can be countered. I've watched it my whole life. And it's, it's not just out there at your workplace. It's right back here at the coffee shop. Just like that. I'm not saying our coffee shop. I just mean out in that area. I wasn't pointing to any one person. Y- y'all can do that. but I, I just, It's not, the church isn't exempt from this. We see this speech, and I, I, I'm, I mean, people could have just been given a round-trip ticket to any beach in the world that you want to go to, and somebody is going to complain about it. I'm, I'm just, I've watched that my whole life, and I, I just think that we're geared towards a horrible life. We're geared towards thinking that's what we're going to get. Yeah. Now, the Bible is not a book about heaven, but I was really raised that it was. Now, it talks about heaven, but it's not a book about heaven. The Bible's a handbook for how you live a wonderful life today. That's what it's for. It's a light for your path for a wonderful life to be lived. John 10.10, everybody knows it. They know what the thief came for, and I care less about him because we're not living according to his wants. Jesus came that we could have a rich and satisfying life. Maybe your translation says an abundant life. A life that's above normal. It's wonderful. It's it's an earthly verse. It's not a heavenly verse. It's a verse for you to live today. Jesus came that you could have life right now. I heard all the time in church when I was a child, how awesome heaven will be. Now, you've got to hear me. Heaven is going to be awesome. So I'm not here to throw that in any way or discredit it. It's going to be awesome. But when you live thinking, oh, I just can't wait for heaven, and right now I'm having to deal with a miserable life until heaven, you've missed the guidebook's instructions. And, and you might go, well, you've got you to teach me some of that. Well, that's why you're here tonight, and that's what God is wanting to show someone who just thinks they're destined for a miserable life. Many denominations, pastors, teachers, and I'm not here to throw them under the bus, but they've focused their message so much on tomorrow that you forget Jesus today. I'm all about planning for the future and some things that are going to happen, but it would seem like listening to some 
that the abundant life was always a blessing for later and you need to just deal with it right now. I understand it's miserable. Abundance is later. It's not right now. Abundance is later. Uh, many have been taught that. I've just got to put off and be miserable right now so I can get abundance later. Everybody, this is a mistake. It's exactly what I was talking about at the beginning. They think abundance relates to stuff. They don't understand the abundant life is understanding who Jesus is more than you do right now so you can have a God kind of life regardless of stuff. When we get our kids raised, I can have the abundant life. When we get our house or our car paid off, I could finally experience the abundant life. It, it, it always just seems right around the corner. It's like you're the donkey and here's the carrot. And if I could just get to that, but I never will. I'm just, I keep moving towards it. But every time I take a step, it's like the abundant life takes a step. And it's just like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get there. you got to change your thinking out of the when I get this to I already have access to it. And you got to change it from circumstances to a spiritual understanding. This, this is, if you'll get this tonight, I promise you'll change your life. How does the thief kill, steal, and destroy? By robbing you of the wonderful life that God wants you to have. That's how he steals. That's how he kills from you. That's how he just, we've always lived trying to think, okay, I'm living my life for next year. Never for what God has already done 2,000 years ago that's available for me today. Three, four, and five-year-olds, they can't wait to go to school. And come on, parents, we put it in them. Man, school's going to be so great. Well, you're saying don't do that. No, I, I want you to do that, but don't live like that's the place. There's always a place in the future that it's going to be good. First grade's going to be awesome, but let's enjoy kindergarten. Fourth grade is great, but you're in third. Let's enjoy third. See, if we just continue to push our kids to a place, they, they, it's just like dangling the carrot. Come on, come on, are you hearing me? We keep trying to put ourselves, well, we can't wait to get in college. We get in college, you can't wait to get out. Can't wait to get married. Get married, you can't wait for your spouse to die. I mean, just one thing. And, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Y'all are awake. You're hearing what I'm talking that was a JK, a joke. I'm a, no, just kidding. That's what it means. Just kidding. We're, if we're, you know, if we're not careful, we're just going to live a lifestyle of what's coming next. I mean, because you only have one chance to live where you're at right now. All right, I got to move on. Isaiah 54, babe. I'm not waiting for you to die. Isaiah 54, 17, and I hope you're not either. <laughs> no. Isaiah 54, 17. Is my face red? Ah! I feel like Stephen Sexton right now. This is stuff he... No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. 
It's for us, his servants. The great, wonderful, abundant life, satisfying and rich life is for us, the servants. See, we have a heritage, if you will. It's ours. It's ours. It's ours. It's ours. And we don't think like that. It was passed down from Jesus to us at our second birth. And at our second birth, we don't understand what all is available, but the more you grow and learn, the more you start really just living this wonderful life that Jesus made possible. It tells us two things in Isaiah 54. The first thing it tells us is there will be weapons formed against you. You just wouldn't believe the attacks on my life right now. I've dealt with that thinking. You just don't understand. I'm attacked over here. I'm attacked. I understand all of that. Isaiah 54 says weapons are formed against you. Well, no, it doesn't say that. Yes, it does. It just says no one weapon that's formed against you can prosper as a servant of God. So when you're serving him, weapons are formed, but the promise of the word is they don't prosper. Many Christians live like, God and Jesus left this battle with the devil unfinished. And when Jesus hung his head, he said, it's finished. Is it finished for you? Or is there a battle going on every day? Come on, you need to get to the, it's finished. Maybe somebody needs to say that in the midst of your turmoil and horrible, miserable life. It's finished. I'm not living I'm not living like that, not one more day. We need a revelation of a completed work that's available for us to live in. You talk about a heritage, there are two choices you have to live by when it comes to heritage. Either your physical birth or your spiritual birth. And I have just chosen not to live by my physical birth anymore. That's not the heritage I'm looking for. I'm looking for the heritage that Jesus made available by the second birth. My wife and my girls... For they have the exact same patterns. I mean, there are times that I, I, I will see one of them from the side or from an and I'm like, I think that's my wife and it's my daughter. I mean, the way they walked, I, I'll call one of them on the phone and I'm like, what are you doing? There? Oh, this is Tristan. I mean, they sound alike. They answer the phone the same. I'm, I'm always going. And so it's real easy to say, well, I'm just like my dad. I'm just like my dad. Well, that's great if your dad is living by his second birth. But a lot of people are just by default living by their first birth, not understanding the second birth is available for you to live by. See, there's a different heritage available to you. Well, the sin line's been passed down all the way from Adam. Yes, and Jesus came to give you a different lineage a bloodline that's different. There are weapons formed against you. And they've been passed down, and they've been passed down, and they've been passed down. I'm just telling you, I made a declaration several years ago. Some of you all may need to do that. I'm not living by my first birth anymore. I'm going to live by my second birth. I say that. I speak that. I live that. Know this. You can let weapons prosper. Or you can live as a servant of God and proclaim they're not prospering in my life. It's not going to happen. Matthew 6, 34. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow bring its own worries. Tomorrow bring its own worries. Why, why, are we, 
Well, that's real encouraging, so <laughs> tomorrow's got some things to worry about. And we get caught up on that verse like, okay, well, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow because it's going to have its own problems tomorrow. That's never been a real encouraging verse for me. But as I was thinking, and God was kind of downloading some verses in my mind, this verse just like that, Lamentations 3, verse 22, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Okay, I understand there's some things going on tomorrow, but I'm going to start with God and his mercies are fresh. See, you've got to know that the totality of the word is how we live. And there are going to be struggles and trials, but they're just circumstances and they don't disrupt my relationship with Jesus. You can enjoy your thoughts for tomorrow because God said his mercies are new each morning. So I can start thinking about tomorrow about all the afflictions or I can think about God's mercies. And when I think about God's mercies, here's what I'm thinking about, my second birth. When I'm thinking about the afflictions and the problems that tomorrow, the worries that tomorrow's come, then I'm living by first birth. Which one you want to live by? I want to live by second birth. I want to live in what God made available. See, these weapons form. Other people's, other people's lives and immaturities do not have to ruin your day. And they don't have to ruin your life. As adults, a negative mentality is in our society. And we teach how to fight that. I get that. But what if you hear it and go, oh, bless their heart. You're living by second birth, not first birth. When you let people send you to a place, you're living in the same heritage that they're in. That's why the Bible says that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. All right. News is always reported from a negative viewpoint. They go anywhere to find something bad. Unless it's a story about a dog. (laughs) There's a dog. We spilled some milk today, but boy, the dog had a good time. <laughs> weather channel, the weather, the news, it's always, it's always 30% chance of rain, never 70% chance of sunshine. Yeah, wow. it just They'll show the whole United States on a map, and then they'll zero in on where the storm's at. Could you just turn the news on? You'll see it. We're being bombarded with a negative view to life. And life continually comes at us from a negative viewpoint, and it's tough and difficult then for us to enjoy our day. Dad comes in from work and puts his stuff on the table, turns right around, heading right back outside. And his kid says, where where are you going? Dad says, I got to go to work. Nothing ever seems to get done around here. Somebody in here has probably said that, and I did not hear from your spouse. Well, where have you been today, Dad? You've been working all day long. and you, Your child's yelling for you to spend some time with him, and you're putting in him that life's negative every step of the way. We're programming our kids into a negative response to work. So we don't even think about it, but we're just so programmed into negativity 
And there's so much laundry in this house. What well, would be nice if somebody do something? But it's only me. Okay, I'm, I, I've no, no spouse called me. But see, that we get this negative. Living in my house is as negative as it comes. I, wonderful life's escaping people because of negativity. And we're getting caught up on circumstances and we're missing our second birth. Someone's getting married. And then you got somebody coming and telling you, we can kiss your life goodbye now. I, I'm just telling you, I had a bunch of friends that way. Bachelor party with your friends, vacation, whatever it is you're doing in life, you're always trying to make the things be positive that are supposed to be negative and the things that are negative to be positive, and we can't spin that based on our second birth. That's why you got to live by that. You get back from vacation, and all you talk about is the flat tire, the worst part of your trip. What about the other five days or whatever you spent that was awesome? We get home asking how your day was, and the first thing you want to talk about is what was bad. Parents, be careful about this. Your kid gets home from school, and how was school, and they start telling you some fun they have. Well, did you do any work? Did you get anything done? Did you? And you start trying to find everything negative about their day. Parents, don't look at your parents right now. See, I just, it's tough. We've got to learn to live by our second birth. When being a mom is not a joy, what do you want your kids to think about one day being a mom? What do you say to your kids? Well, I, I just tell you, I, all they hear is how worn out you are and you don't have time to breathe. You're just trying to find your next breath because you guys just wear me slap out. You're making them one day really want to be a parent. See what? We're going through life never enjoying one part about it. It's no wonder we're at where we are in our society. It's no wonder our society operates. When God's people don't have a life that anybody's attracted to, it's going to be real hard to promote the gospel. Jesus came to give good news to the ones that are poor. What is poor? Someone who doesn't have a rich and satisfying life that Jesus came to give. That's what poor is. And the good news can change all of that. We got kids leaving church at 18 because all they hear is, well, that music was too loud. Pastor preached way too long today. Or did you hear what he said? And they're going to pull the one thing that he wished he wouldn't have said out of the sermon. Come on, I've been there. I mean, I've had calls. I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that may be tonight. <laughs> Kids are solving this problem. I ain't ever going to church again. You sit there and throw the church under the bus so much. I, I agree with mom and dad. I ain't ever going again. So we don't even think about it, but... We're not having a wonderful life because we're gravitating to our first birth all the time and living a negative, miserable life. I just really want young moms and dads 
to get to a place where you understand you can real quick get caught up on no sleep. And I'm not talking about catching up on sleep. I'm, getting, I'm saying getting caught up on I never get any sleep. And you think that, and you think that, and you think that, and the next thing you know, your kids are raised and out of the house, and you're crying while they're driving off. And I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but if I were to say, raise your hand if you'd like to just be able to go back in time to that season where I could just hold my baby. I'm just telling, I'm not trying to draw tears or nothing. I'm just, it's, it's a real struggle in moms and dads. He, more for moms. <laughs> if I could just go back there, if I could just go back. And I, I'm sick and tired of the moms that right now are in that season being miserable just because they're living based on their first birth heritage. Hmm. Our conversation is allowing weapons to prosper. I think you got that point. Let me give you some verses here. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God. He cares about you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. John 14, 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Hebrews 4.19, there's a special rest still waiting for the people of God. See, we're so caught up on our first birth and the sleep that our body needs when God says, I'll get that for you. I'll, but he'll only get it for you in your second birth. It's a spiritual rest that then overflows into a physical. Well, I know I'm helping somebody tonight. God just kind of said that. I, he just said some, somebody needed to hear that and you got it tonight. Thank God. Thank God. I, I could go on and on and on, but let me just end, end with this. Philippians 2, verse 9. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, it's not going to change when we get there. Every knee, everything bows in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I can tell you every circumstance, every situation you're in has a name. But there's a name that was elevated above it. And it's in that name, the name of Jesus, that all of those things bow and you live a wonderful life. Y'all get anything out of that tonight? Stand with me this evening. I'm just telling you, God has given you the ability to have a wonderful life. And I hope tonight some of y'all just kick the devil right in the face and get out of here. Satan, get behind me. You ain't got no business in my life. God says a wonderful life is in store for me, and I declare, I proclaim that. I'm going to get up, and his mercies are going to be new in the morning. I'm telling you, there's not going to be anyone that sends me to a place of misery. Misery, I'm not weeping. I'm not that gnashing of teeth, not for me. Come on, I'm going to live like I'm going to live every day of my life, and that's victorious in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.